a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Number one. Miss any part of the show? Every moment of every show is available in podcast form by searching Hanson Scotty on your favorite podcasting platform or online at kslsports.com. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. To let me know Should I stay or should I go If you say that you are mine I'll be here till the end of time Hands on Scotty 375 VKSL Sports Zone What do you have against Scotty Lloyd? I have anything I love Scotty mm-hmm. Scotty's my guy mm-hmm. Are we? I mean, you're my guy, but I don't know if you know the, if the emotion is. Come on, you know, reciprocated. It is. It's not how it feels right now. A Remedical Utah's only physician-owned and operated wellness clinic offering ED treatment that's discreet, non-invasive, and customized for your needs. V- visit remedical.com today. Hey, uh, we do need to do a little house cleaning here, real quick. Um, over under wins for the New Orleans Saints next year. 13 and a half now that they have a solid quarterback. Is that what they set it at? No, or I'm that's just, what you're setting at? I'm just joking. I actually think that Derek Carr is going to thrive in New Orleans. I do too. He is not. No, I really do. I think he's going to thrive in New Orleans. You know why? Because Josh McDaniels is not the head coach in New Orleans. This is, I, I have my hangups with Derek Carr. There are some issues with his overall game. My big issue is with who the Raiders decided to put in as head coach. And until they decide to man up and make a big boy decision like the Denver Broncos, my Denver Broncos just did. Oh, you didn't just <laughs> say that. That's my guy right there. I don't That's know if I'm my guy. Oh, boy. Did, I know now I know why I kind of rubbed you the wrong way. It doesn't, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. No. It feels terrible. Fine. I'll stay with my Raiders. No, don't you do that. Well, You're not going to wish wash. We'll stay. see. We'll see where I go. Oh, yeah, that does. See, I got your back now, Lloyd. Good. Yeah. See which way the wind blows me. But Derek Carr signing a four-year deal in New Orleans. Hmm. We see numbers on that? I haven't seen the official numbers, no. Yeah, I just saw the four. Have you heard numbers? No, 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 I haven't. I, I just haven't. know it's four years. Well, okay, well, here's the thing. It takes him through 35 years old. Well, let's be honest here. Now, granted, he's a lot younger, but didn't Daniel Jones with the Giants just get a $40 million per year contract? 
I think it was something like that. Daniel yeah. Jones. What has Daniel Jones done? Absolutely nothing. Last season, that's it. He just, and he's getting $40 million per year because there's just not a lot of quarterbacks out there. So I mean, you just got to give, give him the money. Daniel Jones is a... So you've got like a, a three-quarterback tier, the yeah. best three in the league. I think he's that second tier. Daniel Jones is the bottom end of the second tier. Oof. You're a little bit more gracious than I am. I, I There are some I would put aspects of his game I like. Mid-third tier. That low? Yeah. So you've got him somewhere around the 20th to 25th best quarterback in, in the league. I got him in the Derek Carr range. 17 to 21 range. Okay. I've got him somewhere in the... 10 to 15. Um, let's go. Um, who was Tennessee's quarterback? Was it Tannehill? I'd go Tannehill, Russell Wilson, and then Daniel Jones. Hey, I, I'm not even kidding you. Like All joking aside, Russell Wilson will be a different quarterback. Oh, I know. I've told you. I think he's going to be the comeback player I of the year next year. I love how much you're getting him amped up. I'm not amping up anything. <laughs> I, okay. I, was, I was on the board before him. Yeah. I'm not having up anything. I'm just telling you. And you can record the audio, play it like drops, like crazy when I'm wrong. But you know, it, it, as far as New Orleans is concerned, I don't know if they've got the right staff in place, but you know Derek Carr is an upgrade from Jameis Winston. He's an upgrade from Andy Dalton. He's a more of an actual quarterback than Taysom Hill. So New Orleans has gone through some quarterback problems. They just can't find a consistency. I think, I think Jameis Winston will be your backup quarterback in Denver next year. I think you'd be better off with Teddy Bridgewater, to be honest with you. I'm not saying I like it. I'm just making a prediction. <laughs> yeah. Jameis ain't him. So your people in Denver are saying? No. With the rumors, the scuttlebutt? Nope. Just just, uh, just a guess. I mean, he, yeah, he's a backup. I just I don't know if I want him being my backup. Well, there's a lot less. Got to have a quarterback to maybe begin there's with. There's a lot less Raiders. seafood places in Denver, too. So that yeah, might maybe. cut down on some crime. Hey, if... If it is possible as an NFL player to move up an entire round off of a combine performance. Yes, I was going to ask you about this. Blake Freeland just did it. Blake, Blake can we talk about him as a first-round pick? You could. There, because there's some talking heads out there that are. You could. I I think he was probably at the back end of the third, but I think he's probably moved into the second. But when you've moved to the second, there is that one out of 32 Scotty, yeah, that might say at number twenty-seven, it just takes one. I'm taking him because I think that he's going to be gone by thirty-six. So we're yeah. going to take him at twenty-seven. So yes, that is absolutely possible, and that might be the case for Blake. But what Blake just did over the weekend at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis, Indiana, in the Lucas Oil Stadium, was game-changing for him. Yeah, game-changing for Lyman. Let me just give you a couple of ideas here, a couple of thoughts on this. Do, do people? Does everybody understand a ten-yard split? Uh, I would, yeah, I, mean, I would think so. But you know, let's enlighten them. Okay, so the ten-yard split is the first ten yards off a forty-yard dash, and the ten-yard split is actually more important to an offensive lineman than a forty-yard dash. Because at no point does an offensive lineman have to open up the gate and elongate the stride and finish out on the 40. Yeah. So that start to 10 yards for an offensive lineman is everything. Because that's the, where the game is always played for the offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. 
He just had the third highest in NFL combine history. Now, crazy enough, the highest in NFL combine history is Sua Opeta, the Weber State offensive lineman. That's right. Back in 2019, he set the NFL combine record at 1.66 seconds on a 10-yard split. Blake Freeland just hit a 1.68 on a 10-yard split. Here's the difference. Blake Freeland is six foot seven, <laughs> three hundred and twelve pounds. I can't remember Sua Peta was he six four? Do you remember Sua Peta was like six four, maybe yeah. three hundred or three hundred five Somewhere around there. Yeah, Blake Freeland is six seven, three hundred twelve pounds. He ran a one point six eight split. That probably did more for him than breaking the combine record in a vertical. At 37 inches. Don't really need a vertical for an offensive lineman. Not as much. Shows explosion, but not as much as the split shows explosion. Gotcha. Usable explosion. So, Blake Freeland breaks the NFL combine record at 37-inch vertical. Do you realize, not you, but to the listeners out there, do you realize that that is a a, more of a vertical than – 85 to 90% of wide receivers that yeah. come through the NFL combine. I think there were only two tight ends that had a higher vertical than he did It's in the combine. It's an incredible vertical. And some of your best all-time wide receivers haven't seen a vertical like that. Corners don't see verticals like that. It's crazy. And then he had a 10-foot broad jump, which is second in NFL combine history, to only 10-foot 1-inch. So the 10-foot 1-inch is the best ever by an Offensive lineman participating in the combine. He hit 10 feet. He was one inch away from matching the NFL combine record at the broad jump. And then his 40 was great. He he was sub 540. Yeah. Hit that 498. He had a 496 and a 499, but you know, he's he's in that 498 sub five as a 312 pound six foot seven beast. He's got long levers. He is going to be a 10-year NFL vet if he wants it. If his body allows it and if he wants it. Well, and you, I mean, he shows up at BYU and you immediately peg him as an NFL draft pick. And it was the wingspan. Yeah. The wingspan to me is is one of the true giveaways. And his wasn't just a long wingspan. It's an extremely unique wingspan. And I know having played the defensive end position, that as you're coming into an offensive tackle and you're starting into whatever – move or whatever progression on rush that you're going to do, when that offensive tackle shoots an arm at you, you've got a pretty consistent reach that you're aware of and that you can fill. When that hand hits you further away from his body than you expect, it's hard to get used to it. And what happens is you're trying to swipe the hand now six inches further away from that offensive lineman than in a typical offensive lineman, which allows him to pull back and replace at a longer distance. So that wingspan is so unique, and he's got one of the freakiest wingspans you're going to find in an offensive t- as an offensive tackle. And so that's why I go back to it's going to take two things. He's going to have to have steel guts with gravel in the stomach. He's going to have to have it because he's going to get hated on. He's going to get beat up. He's going to get shamed. He's get, they're going to put him through the ringer, and his guts got to be able to hold up against it. Number two, his body with all those long levers, it, it's going to have to sustain, be able to sustain health. Yeah. When you got long levers, it puts joints at risk. When you got long legs, it puts knees at risk. 
So his health has to match up with his gravel and his guts. If he does that, it's a 10-year career, probably a Pro Bowl career. Yeah. And probably somewhere in the range of 50 to 70 million. Yes. Those guys make buco bucks. Yeah. Where is his is uh you have him at left? Yeah. Or right. Left. That's what I would imagine. If if he if he hits the peak that you would hope he'd hit, it'd be left. Well, and if he's a Pro Bowl player at left tackle, he'll be making crazy money. Yeah. Those guys I mean, you look at across the landscape of the NFL, those are, you know, your second or third highest paid position at times. The other guy that did a nice job, other offensive lineman that did a nice job, I thought Braden Daniels' numbers were pretty darn good, man. He was sub five on his 40. And he's a six foot four, 297 pounds officially, sub five on his 40, 1.71 on his 10 yard split, which is still very, very good. For a big boy that's running around near 300 pounds. To put it in perspective, um, Blake Freeland jumped 37 inches on his vertical. Braden Daniels was fantastic in his vertical, but was six and a half inches shorter at 30.5. And then he had a broad jump that was a foot shorter at nine feet, one inch. Which is still good. It's just once you set the bar that high, yeah, it's hard to live up to that. Dalton Kincaid, obviously, he didn't participate in drills, but he's hit the hype wagon. The hype wagon is hot for him. It is weird coming out of the combine, and you see all these tight ends that participate. But one tight end pushed up 27 reps on the bench. One tight end went, what was it, 4-6-something. You're seeing these numbers, and Michael Meyer, the Notre Dame guy, went out there, had a really nice combine performance. And it does seem to soften or quail some of the draft hype, but it'll it'll rebuild. Yeah, it'll rebuild. Dan Quinn, uh, head coach of the Lions. I had a bookmark. I was going to send it to Lloyd. I can't find it now. But uh, said essentially, he's like, when we evaluate these guys, we're going off a of tape. I don't care what kind of how fast they run in pajamas. Yeah, I'm like, all right. I like hearing that because it does seem like there are some guys that the further they get away from playing actual football the more their stock increases or the further they get away from playing actual games their stock decreases because oh he didn't run the right time or he didn't have the right shuttle speed or whatever Mm -hmm. and then you go flip on the tape and you're like wait a minute whoa hold on it's when this guy's out on the field and the pads are on he's special yeah and you know sometimes it translates and sometimes it doesn't but he's like i don't care what guys are running in pajamas like, yeah. yeah, I love that. Uh, one other thing, just to cast a little perspective on Blake Freeland's 10-yard split. Yeah. Tavian Thomas was at the combine. Oh, boy. Tavian was, he, he checked in at six foot exactly, six foot on the nose, 237 pounds. And Tavian ran a 1.62 10-yard split as compared to Blake Freeland, 1.66. In the 10-yard split. Four-tenths of a second. Four-tenths of a second. That is, uh, that is not a ton. That is not a ton. For When you're talking about that size and that explosiveness, it's not a ton. How about this? His vert, 30 inches. Oh, sorry. Wait. Yeah. His vertical, Tavian Thomas vertical, 30 inches. Seven, Blake Freeland jumped seven inches higher than... Tavian Thomas. Jeez. <laughs> His broad jump, 9 feet, 10 inches. Yeah. 
Blake beat him by essentially two inches. Yeah. On a broad jump. He's propelling six foot seven inches, 312 pounds through the air, while Tavian Thomas, a running back, is propelling six inch, uh, six feet, 237 pounds. And Blake could jump higher and further than, than him. It, it's just, I'm trying to put it in perspective. It, that is such a freak athlete. And I knew some of these numbers of him coming out of high school, and that's why I projected him where I projected him before he ever took a snap on a college football field. Yeah. Because there's nothing like him. He's a weird build. He's a weird human. So let me ask you to turn the corner on this a little bit. So Bryce Young, we all watched what he did at Alabama. Yeah. We know he's a special quarterback. We saw him make all the throws. Ridiculous. I saw him. I know he. I know where you're going here. I saw him play against Utah State. He was phenomenal to see in person. Yeah. Poise, precision, everything I want out of a quarterback. Everybody loves this guy. Until he goes to the combine, takes off the shoes, and is barefoot, and they measure his height, and he's five foot ten, one eighth yeah. inches. And now everybody's like, oh, we don't know about this now. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's all the negativity. And then... You throw in the fact that is it Richard Jefferson? What was the the, the Arkansas quarterback? Jeff Jeffries Jefferson? Um, Jefferson? Yeah, 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 yeah. AJ Jefferson or JK Jr. I can't. I know who you're talking about. Then he goes out in that combine. His height, his weight, and then breaking nearly every quarterback record. Yeah, as far as being a crazy athlete. But then you still, you go back to Bryce Young and you're like, well, geez, hold on. Is he the better option? Is 5'10 without shoes on? And yes, the answer is yes. Yes. Absolutely. A thousand times yes. So that, it attacks the point of the numbers. It just destroys the whole concept of numbers. If you would have gone off numbers on Drew Brees and his size and speed... I would have never seen it down in the NFL. I mean, we all make fun of Russell Wilson now because he had an abysmal year, but Russell Wilson was a great quarterback with the Seahawks. He had a stretch where he had a great run, and he, there's a GM out there that said, I gave him a, I, I took him from a first round grade to a third round grade because of his height. <laughs> and he's about the same height, about five foot ten. You can't, there are some indicators of it, and there are some things that equate. Who was the guy with the small hands? Last, oh, uh, last year. Played for the Steelers. Yeah. Um, Pickett. Pickett. He seems like he did just fine. <laughs> he did just fine. There are some things that may translate and some things that you might be able to identify. But when a quarterback is a great quarterback, when he can manage himself, you can't let those numbers yeah. really hurt him. Yep. You can in some position groups. I think that a defensive end, I actually think a defensive end can be hurt by numbers. Whether it's his high height, size, hand, width, whatever it is, or it's his forty or bench time, you just see numbers that don't make sense. I think it's a better equation, but I don't think it is for a quarterback. Some quarterbacks have the intangibles, things that just yeah. don't register when you're five ten without shoes on. So you don't let that hurt Bryce Young. But it's weird because analysts love to do this. Oh, his small hands, he's gonna have to fall right out of the draft. It, it always equates. We've never seen a small-handed quarterback have success. It's the smallest hand since, was it Tim Tebow? 
Oh, Tim Tebow. I think Tim Tebow's hands were fine. They were just were they? fine. It was the smallest hands. Was Her, it Taysom Hill? Grace by God. It might have been Taysom. I can't, I, I can't remember. I can't remember either, but you don't let 5'10 affect your decision yeah. on Bryce Young. Yep. You go all in on that kid. Hands and Scotty, 130. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Wherever you go, the zone will be right there with you every step of the way. It's the all-new KSL Sports app. I love it. Where you can listen to the zone wherever you may be. Listen to me, this stuff is available everywhere. It's your new home for streaming the zone and getting all the latest news, insight, and analysis of the teams you can't live without. It's the all-new KSL Sports app. Available now wherever you shop for apps. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to saddle up and talk about the winners and the losers. This is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, here's the good. It's good, the bad, the ugly right here on 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone. Hope you're all having a tremendous day. 135. Let's get to the good, shall we? Good, the bad, the ugly. All brought to you by Zero Res. Get those three rooms of carpet clean. The zero res, the no residue way for just eighty nine ninety five. Call eight zero one two eight eight nine three seven six. Travis Kelsey hosting Saturday Night Live, and honestly, didn't mess around with the monologue. Did a great job. He was really good. The whole thing was funny. Uh, I thought that he nailed it. I, I just took a what is it, about two minute cut, Lloyd. I took about a two-minute cut of his monologue. Jason, Kelsey, his brother, was there in the crowd, and he played heavy off of his brother and his family. So here's a part of the monologue where he jumps into his family and talking a little bit about Jason. Probably the coolest thing about this Super Bowl is that my whole family was there. I got to play against my brother Jason, who is an eagle. And... uh, And my mom was on TV more than both of us. My mom, dad, and brother are all here tonight. You know, people keep asking me what it was like to beat my brother in the Super Bowl. And um, it was pretty awkward. Especially because after the game, we had to ride home together. Our mom drove us there in her minivan. It's like the good old days. But uh, even though his team lost after being up 10 points at half, my brother is actually really happy for me. And he agrees that the ref made the right call. It was a holding. 
Jason and I have actually been playing football together since we were little kids, and he was always better than me at everything. Um, in high school, he was an honor student, and I got kicked off the team because I failed French. And English, too, but French sounds way better. Uh, and then when we were in college, uh, I actually got kicked off the team because I tested positive for marijuana. So it just goes to show you, if you smoke weed and you're bad at school, you can win the Super Bowl twice. So that's kind of the the meat and potatoes of his take. The funny part was the cameras would go to Jason Kelsey when he's like, and my brother Jason's here and he's happy for me. And and it shows Jason. He does a good job putting this look on his face like. No, I'm, no, not I'm really not. Yeah. And he's like, and it was a holding call, and it goes back to Jason Kelsey's face, and he's like, no, no, it wasn't a holding call. <laughs> so that was kind of funny. And then the other part, there was a, a skit that they did that they incorporated Jason, and uh, it's pretty funny. So, tra- no, no. So Travis Kelsey is in this bar with his fiance. Yeah. And she's really pretty. And they bump into one of his old girlfriends, who's really pretty. And it's this crying girl. I, I don't watch Saturday Night I did because Travis Kelsey was a part of it. But I don't watch it. But it, I guess it's this character, and she cries about everything. And she has, like, water things on the tips of her fingers so she can produce tears. So she she puts her fingers up to kind of hold her tears back, and then these tears spray out. And... So she comes up to him and she's like, a long time no see, you know, and kind of like we had a great history. And he introduces her to the fiance and she's like, oh, it's your fiance. And she starts crying. Oh, and she's pregnant. And she starts crying. And, you know, this whole thing in between because he's so healthy and happy and she's alone and sad. And then she goes, oh, but guess what? I met somebody. And out from the back walks Jason Kelsey. <laughs> and so Travis starts crying. He puts his fingers up and starts crying. And it, it, it was pretty good. It, it was not bad. It's not Peyton Manning. No, Peyton set the bar pretty high. Yeah, with that teaching the youth how to play football oh, skit. that might be the greatest thing Saturday Night Live's ever done. But I thought it was a pretty darn good effort. There's your good. Let's get to the bad. Now the bad. Oh, the XFL. Maybe this is something they can lean into. Maybe become the hockey of uh, football. There was a big brawl. Several players got into it. And someone's helmet was tossed nearly 20 yards. Happened at the end of the Battle Hawks versus the Defenders game in D.C. St. Louis player appeared to be ticked off over the way their quarterback, A.J. McCarron, was taken to the ground following a sack. But uh, listen to these announcers. This is uh, this is a fun listen here. Oh, and we have something going on after the play. that announcer i found it sounded knows, like the chat i got this morning i don't know if that announcer knows the background and the beginning of the xfl with he hate me 
kind of and what it's about. The Come WWE. On. <laughs> Come on, guys. Come on. And the scrums before the games. Oh, Jesus. And the, the, the name itself, XFL, lends to be overly creative and overly bizarre and do things that are centric and that's what the XFL is in this announcement. That isn't what the XFL That's exactly no, that's what the XFL pretty much is. That's what you're about. These guys think that they're supposed to be a show. They're trying to build entertainment. They lost half of their viewership from week one to week two, and they're all looking around like, are we going to still get this 75000 if we're nobody's watching? You know what? You know how you can get some of that 50% back? Start having brawls at midfield. That'll get some people back watching. Yeah, and when the fights happen, wheel out a WWE ring. Yeah. And let these guys get into the ring and do some suplexes off the top rope and do crazy stuff. Shed the pads and all of a sudden it turns into a big WWE wrestling match. you got to do something unique. You can't just make this football. You can't. No. People are some... not going to watch AJ McCarron. <laughs> They're not. Now... If there's some crowd shots related to A.J. McCarron, you might have a shot. A.J. McCarron steps into the ring and peels off the pads, and he's got the ultimate warrior bands around his arms, and his, is, is it still his wife? I, Comes into the ring, and she's, you know, she's calling this fight, and, she, and she's yelling at the guy that was trying to sack A.J. McCarron, and she's like, you better not touch my man. And that guy she's threatens like, her. She's like the new Miss Elizabeth. Just yes. Causing all kinds of problems. And then AJ McCarron's like, don't you talk to my lady? And and kind of bounces off the ropes and comes across with a nice clothesline, slams the dude down. Do you smell? No. What the fuck is cooking? No. Gosh. Can you go back after Scotty? Text Scotty. What are you talking about? It's always funner when Scotty's the one getting attacked. No, I think we're okay. But. Then people will watch. Yeah. That's not what the XFL is. It's exactly yeah, what, the XFL much what that is. is. And I know these guys do want to get back to the NFL, but they're in the XFL for a reason. It's the same reason I was in the AFL. Yeah, I would have liked to get in get a shot and go back to the NFL, but you get bumped down to the lower leagues. You know what you're doing. You're trying to get back, but you're also trying to make a show. You're trying to put on a show. Hands and Scotty. There's your bad. Let's get to the ugly. And of course, the ugly. Good, the bad, the ugly. Again, right here on The Zone. And this thing continues to get uglier and uglier for John Moran. He had to eventually apologize for the video that showed up on his social media. Said he was going to take some time away to get some help and work on learning better methods of dealing with my stress and my overall well-being. Grizzlies head coach Taylor Jenkins and John Morant could miss more than the two games as a result of him uh, flashing a gun on his Instagram live video over the weekend, telling reporters there's no timetable set for his return, and it appeared like he flashed that gun at an establishment. I believe they were in Denver, right? Yeah. And now Denver police is like, Ooh, wait a minute. Dude was, was uh, brandishing a weapon? In a Our gun public stiff building, in Colorado. I don't know. He's lucky he wasn't in New York. In New York, get, he's going yeah. to prison for two years. If he's in Texas, you get a pat on the back. California, New York, you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I don't know what. The, I don't know where the, Colorado the, is. But, but I did. But I did see 
What? Mexico was in New York. Yeah, that was in yeah. New York. Yeah. Akib Talib was in Texas. Yeah. Same thing happened. Yeah. One guy goes to prison for two years. The next, the other guy's suiting up in the preseason. It's quite the difference. It is. Think about two years of your life. I know. As as opposed to nothing. Yeah. I have so many hard opinions on this. So many, so many, so many. His past is catching up with him. Yeah. And whether it's beating up this 17-year-old kid and flashing a gun at this kid, which this legitimizes that whole story. Certainly seems like it. Or it's getting in this ugly back and forth with the security guard and threatening the security guard. John Morant has quickly built an ugly off-court name for himself. And this goes back to the conversation we had on Friday. When you're playing in a league that is, for lack of a better term, a bit self-righteous, a league that has tried to build this impenetrable image of we're all inclusive and we do the right things and we do the right things all the time. When you've got a guy that just turns out doing the wrong things, this is not a Pac-Man Jones situation. No. You don't just turn the other eye, the, turn the other cheek and say, well, go ahead. Or turn a blind eye. That's what I'm trying to say. You don't turn a blind eye and say, oh, well, go ahead. He's a good basketball player. That's not what this league is. This league is about accountability. This league took a guy out of the NBA for a long period of time because he uttered a word that he claims he didn't know a lot about that was anti-Semitic while he was on a Twitch stream playing a video game. And he was gone. He's done. And just now he's dealt with some injury stuff, but he's just barely trying to get himself back into the league. Got a 10 day contract. And I don't know where that currently yeah. sits, but Miles Leonard, right? Yeah. So I don't know where that currently sits, but this is a league that puts its foot down and stomps on people, unless you're Kyrie Irving. See, that, that's the tough thing. This, is, this league is so unpredictable, and I don't know what to expect from it. Yeah. I would have thought the league had boot Kyrie Irving out with his anti-Semitic stuff, but they didn't. Nope. They, I think he was on hold for a bit. You tell me what happens with John Morant. Two games and he's back, and all of a sudden he's rehabilitated and said, no, I've given all my guns up, sold them, got rid of them, won't ever happen again. Or is the, does the league take a hard stance on this? Hey, uh, well, if history is any indication, we have no idea because there's no – standard across the board like there's no well this happened to this guy what's going to happen this will happen to this guy there's none of that what happened to agent double zero when he pulled the gun in the locker room no gilbert arenas Uh was he done after that uh i can't remember lloyd do you remember when gilbert arenas pulled that gun it feels like they came down on him if i remember right but i had to go back and look i if i remember right they did i think they came down i I thought they came down in the the locker room (laughs) Gilbert Arenas could be looked at as a different story. Uh, Let's see. Probably extremely difficult or different circumstances, sure. But gunplay in the NBA doesn't seem like it's conducive. Doesn't seem like it's going along the guidelines that the NBA are currently trying to set. Uh, That's all the way back in 2010. Looks like he was suspended a year. That's a long time. Uh, but I, I but that was in was D.C., a, and D.C. has very strict uh, uh, good point. gun laws. And it was also in your locker room, too. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that's bringing it really close yeah. to home. Uh, different situation for sure. 
but it's the only thing I can remember of gun. Yeah. It's the only thing that I can remember that was gun related. Um, Colorado gun law. Colorado state law allows residents age 18 and older to own and possess legal firearms and ammunition unless they are otherwise prohibited from doing so. So it is a a right to own and possess. The thing that was so weird about that is that the the story, I mean, the story like really blew up last week with uh, the whole thing with the the 17 year old. And it was almost like, what are you going to do about it? It was. It, it's it, what it felt it, like. It felt like a middle finger to everybody and be like, "I'm doing this on did. IG Live right now. It what do did. you want to do about it? I'm at the club. Yeah, it did. What do you want? It did. It felt inflammatory. It felt in your face and total disregard. And for, for that reason, any I of the last like be for, a little penalty should be a little stricter. I think. Um. By the way, I'd forgotten the details on this Gilbert Arenas because it was also a teammate too. Um, what's the guy's name? Javarius Crittenton. Crittenton, yeah. Um, apparently, there was an airplane card game where they got upset with each other. It was over $1,100. Now, for you and I, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you for NBA players. I could see it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd tell you I want to do it in ten dollar installments. Rusty pitchfork, one or the other. Pay you back in ten dollar installments over the next ten years. So anyway, uh Gilbert Arena says, Hey, I play with guns. The other guy goes, I play with guns too. Um, they have a day off, they show up back at the locker room. Gilbert Arenas has four guns laying on his locker saying, Pick the one you want me to shoot your bleep with. And Crittenden pulls out a gun. <laughs> But Crittenden pulls out a gun, it's loaded, cocks the hammer and points it at Gilbert Arena, said, you want to go? Oh, my God. And Karan Butler, who's on the team, said, it got really quiet in that locker room. Good old Agent Zero. Someone outside the locker room called 911, Flip Saunders was the coach back then. He was even too scared to come into the locker room. Oh, my gosh. I could see Flip Saunders not having anything to do with that. Like, nope. Nope. You know what? Practice is canceled. <laughs> Um, I, I, very, very much different, but you still have a, a crazy, a crazy gun situation in the NBA. So my guess is Colorado's going to go through, try to figure out what gun he was brandishing, seeing if it was registered, if it's a legal possession or if it's illegal possession to try to identify the severity of the illegality. Yeah. That would be my guess. And if he, and if it's not registered to him. And if he doesn't have a conceal or a public carry license, then we could see some criminal charges. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we should, because that's how the, that's how the NBA wants it. It's what they want. That's what they've built. Yeah. But John Morant's one of their rising stars. So do they just dismiss it? We'll see. What feel like it was an unfortunate miscommunication and, uh, he's going to take some classes and, but, it's funny because I go back to the Kyrie Irving situation and, and I think, okay, well, the league already told us what they are. The, the league already said what they are by how they ha- handled Kyrie Irving. 
but then how they've handled one guy as opposed to another guy that was anti-Semitic. Yeah. We already kind of know. We're not surprised by it because that's what professional sports is. we got to have a Kyrie Irving. We don't really need a Miles Leonard. Yeah. So we'll make him the example, and we'll just try to sweep that Kyrie Irving stuff under the rug. Yeah. 205, or excuse me, coming up at 205, Mitch Harper will join us. We'll talk some uh, West Coast Conference Tournament, also some spring ball with him. It's all straight ahead, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Unrival with Scott Mitchell and Alex Keering. If you're a Utah fan and you go into the Big 12, there's no, you could immediately say to yourself, we can, we can compete. I'll go even further and say this. Utah would come in and they'd be the best football team right now if they were in the pack, yeah. if, they, if they came into the Big 12. So, Is that crazy for me to say? No, because just look at what the performance has been. Just look at what the performance has been. Do you look at Texas and Oklahoma? Do you look at, at even uh, TCU right now and go, TCU is better than Utah? I, I, I don't think that's the case right now because they're losing their quarterback and a bunch of other guys to, yeah. the, to the draft. But I think that Utah would come in and it would be as big of a program as any of the ones that have already been added. It's unrivaled. Afternoons from 3 to 6. Presented by G2G Bars. Perfect for anyone who needs a quick, tasty, and nutritious boost. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Go! It's time to span the globe for the hard-hitting news you care about. Well, not really. But hey, at least we found it interesting. This is Whole World News on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. We've got, got the, the whole world in, in our hands. You got the whole world. Hands and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Time for another edition of Whole World News. Hey, remember, if you're a business owner, you have better things to do than to job hunt or scramble to find your next great hire. Let Spherian Staffing and Recruiting do it for you. Visit them online at Spherian.com. Hey, by the way, before we... Uh, Get into the story. Um, I don't know if this is something that interests you at all. We just got a tweet about it. Yeah. Um, it is the KFC Double Down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never tried this when it was at KFC nine years ago, but it'll be back in stores starting March 6th. It features two pieces of bacon, cheese, and either mayo or spicy sauce between two mm-hmm. deep fried crispy chicken fillets. Yeah. Yes or no? Pound it out and... Dipped in their spicy blend or their their unique blend. I'm just looking at it, going through it. Um, not only would I try it, I would eat it every day for a 14-day <laughs> stretch and probably two at a time. Well, it'll be back uh, for a four-week run. So, Just looking at the picture of it m- turns my mouth into Niagara Falls. Feel like I'm a Yosemite spectacle right now. If you put me on my back, people would pay money to come see the saliva spraying out of my mouth. Give you a couple sandwiches, drop you into St. George, and people will have their houseboats back and ready to go. <laughs> Old faithful over here. Yeah, people are watching my mouth explode with moisture every 10 to 15 minutes. That looks so good. Are you looking at this? Yeah, I know. That's 
All right, so would you go high on this joint, by the way? Because I feel like there's other places that have gone up on my list on this, as far as chicken. Oh, yes. Oh, no, no. Yeah, this is, it is taking a dive. Yeah. A little bit. There's two or three places, fast food chicken, that I go before that. I got to try that other one that's uh, that's around. It's hot, hot commodity right now. The one you were talking about. The one that locks? No, bring I, us? I've had that one. I've had that one. No, the one you just uh, talked about. Um, Canes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I hate talking about places that I do too. don't advertise. Too. But yeah, that's solid. I hate it. I didn't want to say it, but I didn't know how else to get there. Yeah, no, you're right. Great sauce, by the way. Incredible sauce. So a little bit of whole world news. It's a couple of different stories that are out there circulating. Um, I don't know which direction I want to go with this. Do you want to hear a little bit about the cocaine bear? Yeah, I watched it. You watched the I cocaine went, bear? I went to it on Friday night. You didn't see him live tweeting it? it? No, I, this is insane because beside cocaine bear, what's the last movie you... It's been a minute since I've been to a movie. You went to the theaters for it. I went to the theaters, paid hard-earned money. No no Megaplex gift cards. We don't get those anymore, like the old place. It was $11.50. Yep. You got, got the recliner chair. Got the recliner chair, got the tub of popcorn, me and my buddy. Wives didn't want to come. That's all right. Late night? Me and Jeff. It was uh, at a 7 o'clock showing. So not bad. And, so, and uh, there weren't a lot of people, surprisingly, in the theaters. Okay, so give me the, all right, this, me the goods. This is pretty much what I tweeted out. Huge plot holes that you could drive a truck through. Story's not great. Um, the bear is mostly CGI. Not great. Okay. Um, it is uh, the dialogues a little iffy, and I loved every freaking second of it. Really? Oh yeah. You did. Do not go see this. You do not go see this. That's the, and if you do see this, just know I told you not to go see this so I don't get an angry phone call from Amanda on your drive home. I am it's telling Sharknado. you. I mean, it's Sharknado, am, but with a bear. It's Sharknado with a bigger budget and more gore. And I mean, it's it's probably. But, but the cocaine bear was a real event. Okay. Yeah, it was. They inflated and that's a, this a little bit. Yeah, they inflated the story. <laughs> so essentially, the real story is in the mid 80s. Some guy crashed his plane for, uh, from a drug cartel making a drug run, and the plane crashed, and you know the guy in the plane died. But here's this plane, this wrecked plane with a bunch of cocaine in it, and they stumble onto this plane. People find this plane, and not only do they find the plane and the cocaine, but they find a big dead black bear there who ate a bunch of the cocaine and overdosed and died. 75 pounds of cocaine. Yeah. That's the story. That's all the story is. It's not that great. But oh, so this, so this cocaine. I thought that because I know that he ate seventy five pounds. I'll tell you the story that I've got here in a minute. But 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 the movie they say that everything is you know it's the drug cartel crash plane all that stuff and the bear eats the cocaine and then eats a lot of people. Oh, but right. the bear actually died in the real story. But in the real story, he died. Yeah. So gets hyped up. I would. He ate seventy five pounds. The real bear ate seventy five pounds of cocaine. Yeah, I'm telling you, I want to go see this movie again. It was such. Stop it! It was such. Would just, you stop it? It was just visual. Well, now, hands, you have to see it. It was just visual cotton candy. It was. It was funny. You're pulling me in, and it's got that. It's got that Scott Sice or whatever. It's a comedian that's pretty. He's yeah, pretty there's funny. a lot of funny people yeah. in it. Is it kind of like The Revenant? 
<laughs> Stop. If yeah, if if um, Leo was a drug dealer and the bear was hopped up on cocaine, then yeah. Oh wait, I got to get into the story. You know Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta's in it. This is this is the wait, last. Ray's not. This no no. This is the Whoa. last movie Ray made before he died. Are you kidding me? Sadly, Ray Liotta. His last movie before he passed away was Cocaine Bear. Tell me he pistol whips the bear. No, no, but the bear like rips out his guts and he's got entrails everywhere and stuff like that. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I think he told the bear, funny how, funny how, funny how (laughs) do I make you laugh? Karen, did you throw my gun away? Like I asked you, Karen, Karen, I needed that. (laughs) Such a good movie. He touched me. Okay. I'll go take care of this. Stomps across the street. Yep. Thumps the bear a couple times. (laughs) So the actual cocaine bear resides he is stuffed and he resides in a place called kentucky for kentucky it's a state-owned souvenir shop and it's in lexington ripley's believe it or not has now gone to kentucky for kentucky and said how much for the bear it was a 175 pound black bear not a surprise that a, a stuffed coked up bear is in kentucky and that Ripley's wants it. So both, yes, very true. Because Ripley's has a couple things. They, they've got a bear that was trained to ride a unicycle that, that's stuffed. They've got a bear that had a tire around its stomach pretty much its entire life, and it's stuffed, and they've got that. Um, they've got a couple of other different bears. Uh, a bear that was attacked by a porcupine, and it had like thousands of the quills yeah. all over its head. They want to add cocaine bear. It's like hitting for the cycle if they can get cocaine bear. They want to add cocaine bear to their collection. Right now, the offer is at about $300,000. And Kentucky for Kentucky is like, no. They know they're sitting on a gold mine because this movie. movie came out, yeah. People are going to think that this cocaine bear did what this movie showed. Yeah, oh, yeah. When in reality, it sucked down 75 pounds of cocaine and was like, bleh, done. Remember that movie uh, with Val Kilmer? Uh, where he was in Africa and there was the lion that was, they were hunting and yeah. it was hunting them. Ghost in the Darkness. Ghost in the Darkness. It's one yeah. of my favorites. Great movie. Now that, that lion actually ate people and it's on display somewhere. Yeah. Like that's a they, they, real true story. Both of them were in the Smithsonian. Yeah. That's actually, this cocaine bear just got hopped up on cocaine and heart exploded and died. That's the only story there, but people are like, oh, maybe it is like the movie. Oh man, there's such... I mean, it's just so over-the-top gory. Did you know Waylon Jennings owned the cocaine bear for a while? I think Waylon Jennings did cocaine with the cocaine bear. <laughs> Off the bear. He ate 72 pounds. It was the extra three that got the bear. <laughs> Waylon Jennings. <laughs> Both got a rolled-up $5 bill. They're just hitting that booger sugar together. <laughs> All right. Oh, Mitch man. Harper joins us next, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. 
I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.